Japan apologized to Korea. They said, we're sorry for enslaving you. We're sorry for what we did. Can you forgive us? And you know what uh, Korea said? They, they said the, the apology wasn't sincere enough. So even if we get the apology, it's not going to be what we want. Yeah, because somebody said, mm, we kind of sorry. Oh, we are well, we sorry. You know what I mean? Like, that don't mean shit. Like, it has to be something heartfelt and meaningful and let you, to let us know that we see this, we understand right. the pain that that was caused by this reprehensible act of enslaving your people. We understand right. that because of this particular act of slavery, generations upon generations have been hurt and traumatized right. based off the things that happened to your people in this country mm-hmm. at the hands of white people. You know what I'm saying? Or in in your example, Japanese people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so bec- be- before you start to say Sorry, you need to understand and empathize because a lot of people think that, oh, this shit was so long ago. And it's like, if we even look at the oppression of black people, slavery was like, it wasn't even the worst. Slavery was the worst. Let me not not Kanye the situation. (laughs) Slavery was bad as fuck, right? Uh But even after slavery, these poor white people were the worst. Jim Jim Crow, Crow. like all of that stuff that was Uh, happening to these people because white people were upset that these people, they had the nerve. I was talking to my um, my homie the other day, and I was like, you know, the problem with people who live in this country that are white, the problem that they have with minorities is that minorities come to this country and have the audacity to ex- express their freedom. Mm-hmm. They have the audacity to try to, like, be free in mm-hmm. this country that white people belong, that believe is theirs. They believe that this country is theirs and theirs alone. Right. They, they don't have the PTSD that black people have. They don't. And like I said, I think I talked about this the other week. There's no amount of money that black people could receive reparations-wise. So if I had to say, if I had to give out reparations, I'd say you either get free college, you get uh, free down payment for your house to to help perpetuate wealth or help build wealth, and then you get therapy free free on America. You know what's going to happen? The only way they can really, like, balance the scales is if there is a total 100% economic crash where everybody's broke but there, at the same time. That can't—we we can't do that. Yes, I mean— Listen, it, it would take a total destruction of the system. Uh-huh. Total But nobody wants that. Okay, but the thing is, that's the only way we get out of the situation. Right. We so we built on a wrong foundation, absolutely. and we, we kept building. So, absolutely. But, but we cannot crash— the entire system. We burn have it to, down, Keith. <laughs> burn it down. We, Straight we, up. But even if we burn it down, mentally, we're, we're institutionalized as citizens. We got to grow. So we're not going to, we're, we're not going to it's survive. Gonna be, this is going to be growing pains, definitely. But on the other end of that valley, it's going to be equality. Because at this point, we Ty, are— that's a very radical statement it's for very radical. people that— it's very I don't radical. think can we can't even go camping. You goddamn niggas right. can't even go camping. You think we go survive on a crash system? Keith, it's the only way. That's that's all I'm telling you. I, I think the way is to continue building on look like towards I, the direction. You just said it. You just said it. We're building on a foundation, a, a foundation of sand. Right, but we cannot. We can't correct that. We could only correct where we are and make it better. Okay, but my whole thing is, while we're correcting that, uh-huh. the people who have benefited on 
like this is the current system mm-hmm. is still benefiting from they're, that. And they, so there's always going to be a, a, a deficit. There's always going to be a disparity between I the agree. people who have and people who don't have. I agree. You feel what I'm saying? And so we, we keep slowly, trying to fight. No, bro. Slowly, the people who have are diminishing. And, and for, for example, where did you get that from? For example, I, most of my friends that are black have. They either have they either have a single parent household, or they may have two parents. Uh, their parents are e- they either own houses, mm-hmm. or they're at the point where the kids, our friends, are going to be the first generation. We're you know going to college, graduating from. So we're slowly building wealth. So in my situation, my dad has a house. My mom, you know, my dad and mom have a house. I walk into a first generation of wealth situation. You think that's wealth because they own a house? It's it's building. It's building wealth. So I have to build on that. So if so, my friends who whose parents don't have a house, they're going to be the people who buy a house and build that portion of wealth. So it's slowly but happening. See, but, okay, but, now but, we but are this is behind. what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Because the white people who have this kind of wealth, they're leaving their children houses. Right. They're leaving their children a house that they never use. You feel what I'm saying? So right. So, so, but we're getting there. And and to keep in mind, we we're making progress in a very short period of time. So we have a large. Uh, I just want to know where you're getting this from, bro. A lot of people are graduating. Black women are graduating at high numbers. We're we're college was a norm for most of my friends. And college was a scam. College was a scam, but it's a, it's not a scam for just black people. It's, it's a scam not. for everybody. It's not. You're right. But it and was I, a scam I think nonetheless. It, I, think, I think it was a scam because Americans are institutionalized. We're used to the system provide like providing us a dream that we follow, which is the American dream. Go to college. Go to, and then we got out of college, and we're like, shit. There's not enough jobs. It wasn't just black people. Right now. But you we, know who we, got those jobs first? We, the generation after us, who either skipped college or went to some college, and then they're the they're, white people in those generations, I, the white people and Asian people and other minorities, I, not black people. I think it was. I it, mean, it wasn't and, black and, people. And to acknowledge, we did we we miss out at a disproportional rate. So anything that happens, we get the blunt end of the deal. I acknowledge that, but. We are slowly building wealth in the right direction, so without crashing the entire system. No one wants anarchy. We we talk about it's it. It's the answer, Keith. We don't we don't want that. It's the answer, bro. We don't want that. You have to totally destroy the system. <laughs> I'm serious. You have to we, totally destroy the system. We do not want that in order to rebuild on some real as equality. I saw a shirt that says, "I mean, we equal, but we ain't equal equal." Uh-huh. And it was supposed to be that's what America was saying. It was a quote from America. You know uh-huh. what I mean? It's like that's the problem in this country. Like we talk about equality when there is no idea the idea of equality is is a dream. Mm-hmm. Because it's just not something that we can ever attain because people have been built they they have this wealth that's built on the backs of other people. Uh-huh. And it's like how can you then even if you take all that money, you still gonna feel like superior any kind of way. Anyway, so do you welcome to the podcast? Welcome, to the po- <laughs> <laughs> welcome guys.
Welcome to the podcast. This I, is Exit Strategy, where we are trying to have you exit outside of your feelings and get on with your life. And I'll, I'll pose this question so we could think about it along the way. I The reason why we're in this discussion is uh, we just, we're, it's the 5th of July. I asked Todd, how could we be, as black Americans, more American without losing our double consciousness? How can we be equally yoked as black Americans and say, I am black, but I am also American? And I'm not talking about these uh, Fox News-ass niggas that are like, black-on-black crime is an (laughs) epidemic, you know what I mean, with a sheriff's hat on. I'm talking about just like a real nigga who is also proud to be an American. Again, I think that I think that the exit strategy for black people in America uh-huh. during holidays such as, you know, Fourth of July, where you they expect you to be ultra patriotic or mm-hmm. anything like that, is really hard to like buy into it. Right. And and I think that it sucks because we don't know anything else. We don't know any other country. We don't know. As I'm speaking speaking for myself, let me say Todd doesn't know any other country uh-huh. that he can belong to other than this country. Like when I go, if I, even if I was to go to Africa, they would say he's American. Right. They wouldn't even say he's African. We're seen as American we're, everywhere. We're, uh, he's American, and it's like while there is a certain level of pride in that, I guess uh-huh. I can't necessarily boast in that pride on my home soil because it's just it's hard for me to like swallow all of the poison that America gives us while trying to tout about being this red, white, and blue-ass nigga. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel it. I And I I think we, we become American very subtle ways. I hear, I hear you talk about Miami. Miami's America. You're proud to be from Miami, which is you're proud to be an American, but specifically Miami. You know what I mean? So for me, I moved around a lot. So I don't, you know, when people ask me where I'm from, uh, you know, I grew up in California, I grew up in Florida, I grew up in D.C., I'm, I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I asked, how can we be proud as a black person and an American, I, I was listening to this podcast called Making Obama. And what was interesting about Obama's speech um, at the Democratic National Convention when John Kerry won was how patriotic he was. He was like, I... This story couldn't have happened anywhere else but America, and I'm proud to be an American. Now, granted, it is politics. Granted, there's a I lot of— I was about to say. But I, I do feel that he f- was proud to be an American, and I do feel that— Barack Obama was also raised by white people. He was raised—yeah. Ra- yeah. So he has... He, but we can't take away his blackness. I'm, I'm not taking away his blackness. I'm just basically saying that white people have a little bit more stake as it relates to patriotism than black people. Right. So, so he was raised by these people who were like, yeah, this country is this country that even though they probably got like side looks when they were, when these grandparents would walk around with this black ass child. Like, uh-huh. I understand that, that that's a real kind of reality for people like that. I get that. But... I could say that in my house, it was never like America first, then family, then whatever. It uh-huh. was always like, nigga, this is our house, our family. Not even right. my cousins and shit, nigga. Like, right. your brothers and sisters, your mama, your daddy, them first, and then everybody else. And so I never, I never had any kind of expression of like Americanness until I'm juxtaposed to somebody who's not American. Right. 
And then I can say, well, yeah, like, you know, of course, I this is American. that. Yeah. I'm American in that regard. But as, a, as we just, I just feel like so much of the stain of America is mm-hmm. black people's blood. Right. That I can't really just buy into it. Like I was telling you, like, I feel some type of way when black people sing the national anthem so beautifully. Like uh-huh. they sing it so beautifully. I know people are gonna hate me on this, but I think that Jennifer Hudson sang the best national anthem Over ever. Over Whitney Houston. Listen, this Woo. is over Whitney Houston. Okay. Let me tell you, go YouTube it right now. Jennifer Hudson pretty much teaches you the story of the American Revolution. Like, uh-huh. she sings a song like I've never heard it sang before, and it's because she emphasizes, like, what's actually happening as opposed to just singing a song. She's telling you the story. You know what I mean? And when you listen to the story, you're like, oh, like, this is this shit is kind of like, you know, and the goddamn... the. The rockets red glare. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Was, <laughs> you know, you, the banner was still swinging in the air. Like, we won, goddamn. You know, and I get that, but it's like, who won? You know? Right. But and we are that. And, and we are we that, win? too. We're just... Are we that, Keith? Because it's soon, on July 5th, uh-huh. on July 5th, niggas were still slaves. Right. On July 5th, all those people who were fighting in the American Revolution, they went back to being whatever they were on July 3rd. Mm-hmm. So... It's like how you how you gonna tout about being free? How can you say, "Oh, we're free now, free from what? We ain't free from y'all." Right. So how can we celebrate this day? How? I think I think the dilemma that we're in as African Americans is that we we have PTSD from everything that's happened and everything that's transpired in America. Okay. We want to heal. But we can't heal. Because shit keep happening. Because shit keeps happening. So we always maintain the the state of mind that we're in, which could possibly be unhealthy. It's, it's not possibly it's, unhealthy. The shit is unhealthy. It's unhealthy. We always got our, we always got our shoulders right. up like this bracing for the for right. the, uh, the punch or right. bracing for We're like, never completely comfortable. And I and I think uh living in California now and seeing, you know, my Florida homies come through. They are tense when mm-hmm. they're here. And I'm like, put your shoulders down. You're fine. Mm-hmm. You are fine. Nothing's going to happen to you. Like I had, I had my friend, my friend um, hit me up and he said he just moved to California. He said, I'm going to do laundry today. I only have a duffel bag. It was nighttime. It was like eight o'clock. I have to walk because his car's not here yet. He was like, do you think I'll be safe? And. What did that, you tell that brother? That I said that you better carry a laundry detergent with you. Absolutely. <laughs> and let him know that this is laundry and, and this bag. And, 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 it, and, and, and it hurt. Yeah, yeah. It 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 definitely hurt to read that because I was like, that is the state that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um but on the other hand, and, and I think when I say on the other hand, I think it's eighty percent I could empathize. You know? There's a twenty percent where I'm like, man, we we have to start healing ourselves because America isn't going to let us heal. So but we have to think the thing think, about healing ourselves though, Keith. Mm-hmm. Every single time. Every single time, bro. Uh-huh. Every single time black people try to take their 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 future or their destiny in their own hands and say, you know what? We're gonna rebuild and we're gonna capitalize on the things that we have. Uh-huh. It is dismantled. Have you ever heard of the, the Tulsa, Oklahoma yeah. rise and Black Wall Street? How these it, people were self They created a black economy. And it was and, destroyed. Right. 
Right. Because white people don't want to see us do well. Again, it's, it goes back I, to the audacity of freedom. How yeah. dare you come to this country and try to, like, really, really be free? And, it's the same thing that happens when, when these white people see Hispanic people speaking Spanish in, in public. They're like, how dare you speak Spanish so fluently in this country? It's like, bitch, this is a free country. I don't know what you thought, but it's free. Mm-hmm. And so I can do what the fuck I want to do. And so, see these people. See, I wish so, I, I so, learn Spanish and speaking. I wish a bitch would tell me not to speak Spanish. So Black Wall Street. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna. 1921. I'm gonna get on my Duolingo right now because they got. Me, <laughs> I'm getting so mad right now. So Todd, Black Wall Street happened in 1921. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Now the, I I think the Great Depression was in 30s or something like that. I think. 29. So we're we're headed. We're at a point. Where, but look at the environment. You said the Great Depression was in, tw- in like the twenty nine. This happened in twenty one. Yeah, black people were thriving. Right, right, right. They were self reliant and thriving. But we were still in a time period that wasn't conducive. This was before Jim Crow, or during Jim Crow, up until you know. Uh, so they didn't have the freedoms we have. What? So I'm what I'm saying is are we adversely affecting ourselves because we look at the cup half empty instead of half full. Right. We can look at and, and I I get it. I I think it's an ongoing conversation and I, I I think it's it's interesting to me. Like when I heard uh Obama give that speech, I heard that optimism. I was like, man, that that's kinda weird. It was off putting to me. I was like, I've never heard a nigga speak like that about America. It's hard. And, it's hard. It, it, it's, to hard. Love. it's really hard right. to love America it's, as a black person. Let me tell you why. It's hard to love a black um, America as a black person because it feels like you're living in the house with your rapist stepfather, mm-hmm. and you still have to like, you know, respect this this, this rapist uh, stepfather because he brings home the bacon, he he feeds you, and he clothes you, and all that stuff. But you still are living in the trauma of having been raped by this stepfather right. every single day. And every time you look at him, you're reminded of the trauma. And every time you mm-hmm. try to do better and not and, and try to do something else, he comes back and he rapes you again. Right. Every time you try to get over what happened before, he comes back and does it all again. And that's what living in America feels like. Right. As so a black person. are we are we affecting our future it's not about effect because it's, it's not like we are affecting our future because are, are, are we limiting ourselves no 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 here's the thing Keith not healing ourselves it's not about healing every time we heal every time we get a scab they pull that bitch off you act like I, I think we like, are making progress though we, we can't thing, deny Keith, that there is progress in America like we are talking about oh they was on the only thing we was worried about was niggas getting hosed down in the 60s like no children are being killed right. on facebook i understand on that. facebook and, and people it, aren't going to jail for it i understand people, that. and so that is our situation in our lifetime right and so how could you feel how could we heal from that when every fucking week it's some new shit right so people are which is why we why we made the exit strategies how to how to remove yourself objectively from a situation that is adversely affecting you. So there is a way to, again, without compromising your blackness, to become more American so that your future isn't affected because you're only reacting off of the, the PTSD that, of the being African-American. The thing about that, Keith, everything that black people in this country creates mm-hmm. immediately becomes American. And right. that's not fair. But because why isn't it fair? It's, that's, not, that's, it's not fair because our expression is an expression in spite of being in this country. Right. Hip-hop, but what if we listen, own it? What if we own it? Hip, we don't own it. 
That's what I'm telling you. Right. What if we take the steps to own it? If we take the steps, well, that's 50, different. I'm talking 50 about. Fifty Cent sold. Get the strap for one million dollars. To who? Somebody. He. I saw a post. He was like, I create anything out of nothing. I just sold. Get the strap. I think some derived version of Viacom mm-hmm. for one million dollars. Get the strap. I heard get the strap a million times. He knows how to capitalize off of culture. Now he's the owner of. Something that we just said. So, so he just stole it. I mean, he just sold it. How he sold it? He's the well. He capitalized off of it. Okay, that, and that's what, what it is. It's nothingness. It's get the strap is nothing. It, it's just some shit he said on Instagram. What I'm telling you is that everything that we try to do to to like express ourselves, even like jazz or rock and roll, right. these are all expressions of blackness, and then they become they become so, American, and it, it's like a slight to. Black people in this country because we we can't really mm-hmm. hold on to that shit for longer because we have to keep constantly reinventing ourselves like con- and, re- and reinventing culture in this country because everything that we take everything that we create is is being attributed to a more American type of right. thing. You feel what but, I'm saying? But do we stay silent and not say anything and not participate no, at all? It, no, because when we, we do, do participate, we, become, we create beautiful things. No, but we need to be gate. Keepers of our culture, as opposed right. to letting everybody in and try to like say, "Oh, we can there, do it too." Because here's col- the thing about here's the thing about culture vultures: mm-hmm. they come in and they try to come in as people who appreciate it, and then they try to do it and say, "Oh, I can do it too." And but, we, as black people, look at it like, "Oh, that's cute." Justin Timberlake can kind of sing like a black uh-huh. person, so we celebrate this mediocre ass talent right. as great just because you can kind of do it like us, knowing that black people sing way better, way right. better than Justin Timberlake and Justin Bieber. But we do that though. It's no one, no one gets more shine than a white boy at a, a black probate. True that. Nobody gets more shine. And he's mediocre ass shimmying or mediocre right. ass stepping because he's white, and it's a feat to be white and do anything black. That's right. what I'm telling you. But, so, but, but that's white people the aren't the ones chilling. But that's the, him. But black that's, people. But are. that is the condition of America, right? Bro. So we is have that, been conditioned to think that everything white is better. And that's what I'm saying. Are we affecting that's ourselves the, that's by our PTSD? PTSD? Okay. I think we are. I mean, I, I think when Kanye challenged us being Democratic, he's like, we don't have to be monolith. Are we, are we... That's the only, com- thing, I, that's the only are, thing I agree with. Are we confined... Black people equal right. Democrats. Are we confined to these, these institutions like re- religion, like democracy. I think that it is the, it is to the detriment of black people to right. to be so associated is, or aligned with any particular religion or any particular um uh political party because black people are different. Black right. people are so, we are just different. We're, 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 we're everything and we're, we're nothing. And right. it's just sad because we can't get together and be one thing because people have difference of opinion which leads us to like this disharmony in the community. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I I think by doing that we we group ourselves, which when we group ourselves, we're only as smart as the dumbest nigga in our group. Right. Are we hurting ourselves by being such a collective? I, I remember we not, in, mm, in Boondocks. I disagree. In Boondocks, one of my favorite quotes, and I and I felt like I empathized with this so much. He was like, "Some sometimes I'm vexed." He said, "Yeah, that's a good word, vexed." Okay. At the state of my people, but then I remember they're my people. And I love them anyways. Right. Right. And and that's that was in regards to the R. Kelly uh, episode where they're, R. Kelly's in, innocent. R. Kelly's innocent. We don't, 
I know why we don't want to release him to the system because we feel like the system's going to do way worse than what we could do. But sometimes we turn a blind eye to keep people safe, but that's hurting us. I agree. I agree with that. And Riley said something important. He was like, white people don't have any loyalty. It's every man for himself. Absolutely. (laughs) And... Just so, like, like what we were just talking about. Why right. people don't own anything as a culture? They don't uh-huh. own anything. Because when you look at black, if you, if you see two black people loot, and they say black people, all black people loot. Right. But they never, ever consider the fact that and serial killers, like we just talked about serial killers, more than like, like okay, we'll say eight out of ten serial killers mm-hmm. are white. Right. But they never call serial killing a white, a white phenomenon. People, it's a white sport. It's not, they never say that. They never say, oh, this, no. is, this is a phenomenon in the white community that they're just killing people. But you know what we do? We check the news and we're like, ah, shit, he's black. So we take responsibility for him being a serial killer, and the nigga just may have been off. I, and, think, I think that's the, the that village kind of like right. that and, and so, like thought process. And I, and I understand that, and I understand why we have to be a collective. It's, it's a self-preservation. But yeah. are, we preser- are we preserving ourselves? To the detriment of the community? Yes. Maybe. Right. So by letting go of dogmatic ideals, do we become more American without losing? Is that possible? Because I think it is. America has to change before black people can buy into it 100%. But, but Amer- it's not, it doesn't not work changing. that way. Well, what the it fuck do you want us to do? I think black people have to take the lead on... Why we got to take the lead? We because we're the, we're the leaders. Nah, nah, we're the, Keith, we're, I don't agree with that. We're the leaders. Look, anyway... This Where would America be without us? Nowhere. Right. They would be so nowhere. So we have to take... But, We're uh, expecting an apology. That no, no, no. We're not even. You know what? At this when point, when it comes, it's not going to be what we want. You're right. It's it not going to be enough. Here's the thing: we we can't uh, we can't do anything in hopes that white people will change. We right. have to. So we, we have to change. Okay, okay. But every time we do, but that's you're talking. You're re- referring to a an incident that happened in 1921. Okay, it happens all, right. all the time, Keith. And, and, and it, it happens, does happen all the time. It happens all the time with, 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 like, banking situations where they don't want to give people loans to better themselves because they're black. Uh-huh. It's the same fucking thing. Right. It's the same thing. And so how the question is still how. How can we become more American? Look, you better call, <laughs> you better call uh, Mark Dewey Hill and, like, Angela Rye. I don't fucking know. Like, straight up. I, like it's We're, first of all, we can't even do shit because they keep killing our leaders. Uh-huh. They we can't do anything because people are scared to rise and be leaders because mm-hmm. they know what the fate of leaders is. Like Right. I, I remember Dave Chappelle said uh I think he said at the end of his special, he said, uh Colin Kaepernick should always be protected because he is a leader of our people. And if we protect our leaders, People more be, more people yeah. will become leaders, and I think Colin Kaepernick is well protected. I think, and I think is. we should like Dave was like, what if we protected Jesus? You know, there would have been yeah. more Jesuses, but just like we need to protect old girl who was at the damn Statue of Liberty, right? You seen that? That yes, old girl was on the Statue of Liberty. She was she came there with like seven other people, and uh, was they were protesting like. Ice. They were like, mm-hmm. we need to abolish ice because this shit is getting ridiculous. These kids being separated from their parents. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. And the way that they do things is kind of like, you know, uh, I don't know. Like these, they will go to your baby's school uh-huh. and come take your ass away. Right. When you know what I'm saying? There's like, that's a lot crazy. of uh, 
People scared to go pick their kids up yeah. because they're going to be deported. Right. That's fucked up. But this girl, she went to the Statue of Liberty on 4th of July, sat there, perched on the on the bottom of the uh, the Statue of Liberty. It was like, I'm not going anywhere until these kids get reunited with their parents. It was a bold move, don't get me wrong, because mm-hmm. I'm surprised they ain't shoot her, straight up. Mm-hmm. But she was like, Michelle Obama said, when we go low, I mean, when they go low, we go high. So I went as high as I could. And I and I really appreciate that because it's always black women on the forefront of change in this country. It's always black women who have said, I have had enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think it's because black men have been um, beaten into submission so much mm-hmm. or they've been uh, confused to think that they are equal to the white men so much that they will abandon their families. They will abandon their their, their women and try to be this equal to white men situation. That's the, that's what the disparity is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But this black woman and a countless number of other black women have always stood up and said, you know what? We have had enough. And since these black men won't do it, we will pick it up and we will do it for the sake of our people. And right. that should be honored. This woman, Teresa, I don't know how to say your last name, girl. You're going to, I don't, I don't know how to say it. It's <laughs> a Teresa. Move. A girl, t- Teresa O. I salute you. <laughs> I don't want to destroy your name. That's American. She, what, what she did is very American. It's, it's the essence it's, of America. It's to yes. say, you know what? We don't agree. See, that's the thing What white people don't understand about America. America is the fucking rebel. Mm-hmm. We are rebels. How do you think we got away from England? We rebelled. And so when you see black people rebelling or you see them uh, kneeling for the 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 national anthem. How can that be? How can that not be looked at as as uh, American? That is right. the most American thing you can do is to stand up and say the shit that y'all doing is fucked up and we will not stand for it. Right. That is the most American thing. But there's also there's two sides of that. There's people on the wrong side of history and there's people on the right side of history. I think we confuse the people who are on the wrong side of history as like the the right side, but they're still wrong. They've always been wrong. We just got to continue being on the right side. Yeah, explain that. Uh, when Right now, people are criticizing Kaepernick mm-hmm. for, oh, that's un-American. They're incorrect. Right. But we hold them as the voice of America. They're just wrong. Yeah. But the other, in the one that, But there's so many the people that's like, I but, respect what he's doing. But and, the problem is, Keith, it's not about being on the right or the wrong side. It's about the people who are writing history. Uh-huh. The people who are writing history are... He's going to be in the history book. Yeah, but as what, though? Like, you see no Our history, generation's Muhammad Ali. Here we go with this shit. You always talking about our generation this, our generation that. I mean, he Muhammad Ali took a stand. He did. He risked... He was removed from boxing... He did. He was granted privilege to get back into boxing. That's going to be our generation's version of that. Okay, sure. Um, and yeah, yeah, okay, I roll with that's that. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Um, and I, I like how you said we. You said we got away from England. <laughs> we protest. You're accepting it. You got to accept anything. You got to accept it as Americans protesting or rebelling is in the fabric of this country just as well as brutality and slavery or anything like that. So right. you can't look at one thing and say that this is America and this isn't. You know what America is? Uh, there was a black fraternity that says Alabama uh, refused to host their event, and uh, they said that they have problems with your kind. And that black fr- fraternity was uh, my fraternity, Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. How you feel about now, that? 
I was like, problems with your kind. What do you you do? You not want a whole bunch of pretty ass niggas just sitting in your restaurant, all light skin. Alabama don't like capitals. That's what it is. That's <laughs> true. I don't know. Alabama was a weird place because that Alabama and Florida are that's that's considered the Southern Province. So that's our group. Mm-hmm. And so we'd have to go up to Alabama, and they'd come down to Florida, and that those were our two states. So what was interesting about Alabama was how Southern their culture was mm-hmm. in comparison to Florida. Like, w- when I went to a Kappa party there, all the all the bouncers had guns, M16s, like AR-15s, and they're standing outside the club, and we all had to get patted down. It was like the airport, but with niggas with guns. Just And I was like, yo, why do y'all have such big guns? And they're like, because motherfuckers come with bigger guns, so we always have to outgun them. In the middle of the Kappa party, someone starts fighting, you know how like niggas locals will try to fight capas or whatever, mm-hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> this is where it, this is where it got weird. With the FSU, you know why I'm laughing. Oh my! They'd stand in front of our line. We're just trying to stroll, get some girls, and go home. That's all we want. All Lord, we want is to Lord, steal Lord. your girl. And these locals would come up and be like, "Y'all not strolling in front? Or y'all not doing your little dance?" And they'd block us, and so we had to get through them. And, and it would be a fight. Would it be a fight? Or we would throw some hands. I, I Did anybody catch those? I hands? remember I remember uh my chapter. Let's just I, move I, on. I watched them get in a fight. Let's just move on, kid. And, uh, I don't want to do this to the men of... We had we had, we had to beat some ass. And I was Did like, you? I am I am joining that fraternity. Did you? So where was this okay? But we'll in Alabama. On. So the DJ sees the fight. He was like, Don't don't fight unless you gonna shoot. What? <laughs> and the guy pulls out a gun. He's like, don't pull out a gun unless you're going to shoot that thing. And then the guy starts shooting in the air. Pop, 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 In the club. In the club, all the guys run in with their M16s. They surround this guy. The guy puts his hands up, and he leaves the party. And I was like, oh, that's why they had guns. So that was the only time guns made sense. So how did you get packed down, and this brother still got a gun in the club? I have no idea. But it, I went through a at least two metal detectors and a pat down, and this guy still had a gun of some sort. I don't know why. Wow. But anyway, they're suing a um, a restaurant, and they said we've had problems with your kind before. To have that even be your statement is racist. Very. Are they talking about other fraternities? <laughs> Are they talking about black people? Right. Like they, they could have. They probably saw the red jackets, and they're like, "Oh man, they're going to be chanting." Or it could have been racist. We don't know. <laughs> we know. Uh, but what's in, what's cool about Alabama? Is and, there anything cool about Alabama? Well, the Alabama Kappas. Oh, okay. And the, and, and the Florida Kappas. No shade. Very, very, shade very, very well connected. Do. Very well educated <laughs> men. So you're dealing with a whole bunch of fucking lawyers, fucking Everybody city councilmen. Not a lawyer. No, no, no. no I'm saying. I'm saying. Oh. The. The alumni chapter is very well connected. Oh. So you have a lot of lawyers. You have a lot of uh, lobbyists. You have a lot of uh, councilmen who are connected within the city that can make this lawsuit happen. Okay. So I think it's going to be a, a victory for uh, our fraternity. That's good. Yeah. So we, we fight in the fight. That's so funny. You know who else fighting the fight? Who? White people in South Africa. Let me tell you something about white people in South Africa. The white people in South Africa got some nerve. Audacity. They got, this is the caucasity. They got uh-huh. some nerve to be like, oh, well, we're a real American. This is our land. We're, we're, we're Africans. 
like the black South Amer- South Africans were like, look, we're taking back this land, yeah. and we don't give a fuck what y'all think. We're that's we're doing it. We're taking it back. We're taking it back. And we don't give a damn. It's not yours. You lay no claim to this. This was stolen land. You cannot have it. Mm-hmm. And they crying. They are being trained by the, some Israeli soldiers from the Israeli armies to like, like what to do when people come on your land to like seize it. It's like you get the fuck out of the way and you go back to Deutschland or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Another thing that happened with these white South Africans, these uh, rhino poachers in South Africa were eaten, destroyed. Devoured by a pride of lions, mm-hmm. these people broke into a South African like wild reserve and tried to buy. I mean, tried to kill these uh, rhinos for their what do you call it? It's not a tusk; it's like a horn. A horn. Yeah, and um, their ivory. Uh, yeah, I guess. And, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the lions was not having it. No, the lions was like, "Look, you kill them and take them. What are we gonna eat?" I don't know if that's how it worked, but. The lions wasn't having it. That people only found gloves and shoes and, and other tools, and that's yeah. it. Because they wasn't. Do you, they keep taking L's. This is karma. Yeah, this is karma. The, uh, I was I was looking at a map of Africa, and I noticed that straight down the middle, it's all the all the countries down the middle are colonized. So so from South Africa on up, just it's literally split in the middle. I, I think it's. I think South Africa is in the a, most robbed continent on this planet. It is. And everybody had a piece. Mm-hmm. And we can't just be mad at white people. Well, white people is like everybody. Right. Like, we can't be mad at, like, the English. It's the English. It's the Portuguese. It's the Spanish. It's the Italians. It's mm-hmm. all of them. And they all came for Africa. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I saw something that was like, oh, um, I think it was Nigerians who were talking about uh, some artifact that was stolen mm-hmm. f- from Nigeria and was like placed in a museum in London, and the people in London was like, "Oh yeah, we'll let you borrow it." Like, bitch, this is like the shit from Black Panther. It yeah, was like, I was gonna say that's the beginning of Black Panther. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the nerve of you to think that we can just borrow this. This is ours. So then we went to war. So then, right, so then, <laughs> then Captain America came through with it. Right, that's so crazy. That was man. a good movie, by the way. It was, it was a good movie. I yeah. think that um, I think that Halloween gonna be lit though. Yeah, I think that you think black people showed out for the opening in February. Halloween's gonna be lit. We ain't forget. People still got them costumes. Right, and it's gonna be crazy. I I, I went in a daishiki to go see the movie. But it was sold out, so I had to go see Fifty Shades of Grey. In a dashiki. In a dashiki and a baby lion. <laughs> I was mad as fuck. I had to come back. Yeah, they could, well, did you wear a dashiki the second time? No, just regular you, was, clothes. you missed the moment. I missed the moment. Yeah, you know what's so funny about that? Uh, movie pass. Yeah, that's why I have. Movie pass is dope as fuck. Is I, it? Yes. Yo, they And it's black owned from what I hear. But you hear what's happening now? They're the raising. Movie pass are, are they, they're adding peak pricing surcharges. Ooh. Meaning, if the movie that you want to go see is, is first coming out this week, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You want to go to the 7 o'clock movie, they're going to charge your ass an extra $3.43. Which, if you live in L.A., a $13 movie is still cheap. Right. Because movies be outrageous here. Like so, $19 right, for a ticket. For a ticket. That's before then, you even get popcorn or yep. anything like that. That's just a seat. But, yeah, they they moving. They uh, raising the prices. And... It's because the movie theaters are fighting back. 
Of they, course. They're all, they all have their own little movie pass. Yeah. Monthly fee that you can subscribe to. They don't like movie pass. But before movie pass, niggas wasn't going to the movies. Oh, we were sneaking in. We were sneaking in. But I think movie pass, they're trying to prevent themselves from being outdated. Like how Netflix did or, Blockbuster. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or how Redbox did Blockbuster. They're fighting back and they're adapting, which I, I can't get mad at the movie. Yeah. Theaters for doing that. You heard what happened with Spotify though? Uh Spotify users are pissed. What they do? Spotify users are pissed because they feel like because I have a Spotify plan. I too. just switched to Spotify this weekend because I left Title. I'm tired of Title. Right. So check it out. So <laughs> I, I, I pay $9.99 for the Spotify uh-huh. ad-free premium ultra ultra plan. You uh-huh. feel me? And People who have the same plan that I have, because I ain't really, you know, I just turned the bitch off. I don't, you know, I don't care about it. But um, they're pissed because they feel like they paid for an ad-free experience, but Spotify was loading their ass up, flooding them with Drake promotion. One of the people tweeted, wondering when I get my refund for my ad-free premium subscription since you flooded my account with ads this month for a crappy-ass Drake album. Man. This doesn't help. This doesn't help Drake at all. No, uh, that's why I left Title though, because it was bombarded with Beyonce and Jay Z's album, and even when but Drake, that's, but that's different when, because Jay Z owns that, right? But but he, Drake, but but Drake don't own Spotify. Like no. I don't want to hear this shit. I don't want to see it He's everywhere. He's the machine. But uh, when Drake's album came out, then all of a sudden Jay Z wants to drop another ad for the one year anniversary of four four four, and I was like, bruh, let let people get their shine. If it was so, yours. If it was yours, kid, yeah. you would do the same thing. But then thing. all my music has been slowing up, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave title. I may come back later. I've been supporting them since I don't know, uh, man. Life of Pablo. I had to leave. Sorry, Jay-Z. Get at me, bro, but you still ain't Get call me. <laughs> but, so I'm I'm with Spotify right now. It's a different experience, but I think I like it. I like Spotify. Yeah. I do. I like Spotify because they know me. Like, they know me. Okay. Like They know your algorithm? They know all... Like, listen, the <laughs> algorithm is solid. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I mess with them. But these people pissed. Yeah, I would be pissed, too, because that album was mediocre. We told I, Drake he had to come with right. it. We told Drake he had to come with it. Too long. It was I, too long, yeah. Kanye did a number. That seven-album, uh, seven-song album, I think... I think the problem is Drake had a lot to fight against like this album was probably already in motion and had it not been for the beef mm-hmm. we probably would have accepted this album as oh it's a drake album but we expected drake to come back with so much like fervor and so much passion no, and so much comeback and it was like drake is a hurt man yeah and we could tell because it's fucking it's, he got taken advantage of <laughs> really bad by this woman and we laugh at him, and we say his album's bad, but this is him. You don't think Drake tried to take advantage of that woman? No, I think she took advantage of him. Why? Because uh, I feel like he said he met her twice. Mm-hmm. I feel like the first time they had sex, and she was like, I feel like it went something along Drake isn't 13 years old. I'm no. sure Drake knows how to use a condom. So... If she says something like, I'm on the pill, you don't need to worry about I that. I don't care about damn about no pill, girl. It, you was a porn it star. Is, it is not for me to judge what somebody decides to wear or not wear in any situation. Whether it's a girl going to a bar and wearing provocative clothes or a nigga wearing a condom. If what you decide to wear is what you decide to wear. I feel like 
That is a load of shit. Men, men, we wear a condom, guys. Wear a condom, but it's we all know it feels better without. Yeah, okay. But does it feel better <laughs> to have the, the, your seed be produced from? And I ain't trying to shame this woman no, no, because no. she's a porn star. I ain't trying to shame her. But he the, got taken advantage of. He right. got taken advantage of by this woman, and she knew what she was doing. She had a, a, an ulterior mo- motive. What's that kind of motive? Ulterior. Mm-hmm. Alternative, what is it? Ulterior. Arter- no, what are you? Oh. We're moving on, move on, move on. She had a, a motive. She was a bad person. Right. <laughs> and she took advantage of him. And there's no there's no accountability for women like that. Uh, Opportunists are, are uh, I don't maybe sexual assaulters. Those are our versions of that. Mm-mm. Nope. I think so. Mm-mm. Because. No key. We don't. We pride our our possessions, and if you take that from us, we f- we feel na- that's that's what we work so hard to earn. So I saw this meme that says, "One of these days, it's not really a meme. It was more like this girl tweeted it. She was uh-huh. like, one of these days, we'll have to, we'll have to have an honest conversation about how a lot of dudes have sex additions. Mm-hmm. They fill voids with hella women. Mm-hmm. They keep women. They, they how keeping hella women is what we base our esteem on." And how y'all need counseling from wounds that you never healed from, I but agree. not today. And it, it may be sexual so, assault. It may be getting taken advantage of by a woman. It may be, and I, I'm not blaming women I, in this situation. Well, I think but it is more like hyper masculinity. Hyper masculinity. Oh, you need to be the king of your castle. Right. You need to like have all of these concubines, and like women need to like fall at your feet. And it's right. like. Ain't nobody falling to your feet, nigga. You don't even have nice shoes. Like, right. you don't even take care of your feet. Like, wh- how you want somebody to beat all these things to you? You bring no kind of reciprocity to the table. Mm-hmm. And I think that once men start to, like, you know, recalibrate their egos. Yeah. I think that's what it is. We need, to recal- we need to recalibrate our egos to say that, that we're not better than women. Like, we are, like, we provide different things, but mm-hmm. the things that we provide are equal. Mm-hmm. So you can't live alone without the comfort of a woman. Mm-hmm. Not even the comfort, the, the the brain, the mind of a of a woman right. or the the I don't know, the support of a woman. You can't live without that. You know what I'm saying? I guess gay people do it, gay dudes do it, but I'm just saying, like, you can't be having this ego where it's like, oh, I'm fucking all these bitches, that means I'm the man on these streets. Right. It's like, no. That You're makes a hurt you, individual. You, you are hurt. You find that hurt. You're, you're out here giving your energy to to all of these people, and you're yep. not really focusing it on yourself. Right. I'm just telling you guys. Man. So I do feel like Drake got taken advantage of. This was a very sad album. I'm used to, like, sad Drake albums, but this felt like listening to somebody cry on the shower floor. It was very bad, and I don't think we're at the point. I don't feel to, sorry for Drake. I don't. I think we're not at the point now where we could address what that meme said. Where hey, you may need counseling. You're a hurt person, mm-hmm. and you're you're filling a void. Or where women are taking advantage of guys because we still have to stop doing. We have to face accountability as men. So we'll never get to that point until we face accountability as men. Absolutely. But so I once think- we do. Ladies, y'all got some shit coming because we go we go come back at you. But you know what's funny about that? Like I feel like a lot of men are suffering in silence. Like yeah. you would never tell your homeboy of the heartbreak that you had. But women tell their friends all like, girl, he broke right. me. He did this. He did that. But I never had a conversation with any of my male friends that was like, yo, 
you know, Keisha broke up with me and I'm devastated. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I never had that conversation. <laughs> I think that there are a lot of situations where men are devastated when they have these breakups, but, you know, convention and like society tells us that it is, it is soft or it's weak to it's, exhibit that kind yeah. of like vulnerability. And I think that's what is going to destroy us. Yeah. <laughs> in the you know, you know what I've been doing? Uh, just showing love, like just talking about emotions. Yeah, yeah. My emotions, their emotions, to, but they're so off put by it that they're like, nigga, you gay? And I'm like, nah, nigga, you gotta I'm just start it though. You expressing start it emotion. But and, that's the thing. But, we but still, that's, even that whole idea. Their knee jerk reaction is, is nigga, you gay. It's but like, even, get off me. Even that whole idea of nigga, you gay, it's like. That's hyper masculinity. That's hyper masculinity yeah. because any way you should, first of all, just because you're sensitive or just because you are vulnerable or you, you know, that doesn't mean you're gay. Because I've seen some big, like... Brutes. Brutes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and them brothers don't... They don't seem soft or sensitive or anything in any kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it has nothing to do with, you know, where you like to stick your, your, your penis. It has everything to do with who you are and how you define yeah. manhood. We're hurt. And you can't look at, like, womanhood as anything weak. And juxtapose your manhood to that to to this womanhood and say, oh, if you're acting this way, then you're softer or less mm-hmm. than. Because pff, let me tell you something. I, listen, people always say it's a man's world, but this is a woman's world, and I'm gonna go on record and say that the moon don't don't fuck with our sperm. It don't mess with anything that we got going on. But the moon regulates women because this is a woman's planet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But today I had to help this girl uh, lift a microwave. So she would have not been able to put her microwave on I'm the sure shelf. she would have figured it out. I'm sure she would have figured it I out. I don't know. And that's you thinking that without <laughs> you to come save the day, she would have been a I had to drop distress. what I was doing. And I'm like, you know what? I will help you. You know what's Rolled so funny? You know what sleeves. I find about that? Like, women in California, they are so, like, uh, surprised when, like, the southern shit comes Gentlemen, out of me. Yeah, like, when I try to, like, hold a door, they're like, what you doing? I got it. It's like... I'm just Girl, being I'm just trying to, you know, I don't want somebody to hold it up for my mom or my, my sister. My knee-jerk reaction when you said that, I was like, bitch, I'm just holding the door and being a gentleman. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> What's wrong with you? That's so funny. Man, you know who don't need no help, though? Who? Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey no. is getting inducted into the Hall of Fame of UFC tonight. Good for her. Good for her, but her situation is a bit complicated because most people who are, like, inducted into Hall of Fames and mm-hmm. shit like that. Like, they have this, like, you know, this this long career of, like, success and mm-hmm. all this stuff, and they end up leaving their, their craft or their sport, like, totally beat up and destroyed. Bodies don't work anymore. Right. That ain't the situation for Ronda Rousey. No, she's still intact. She's still Her intact. Her brain still Everything works. works. Like, Her Ronda, ears are, uh, she has broccoli or cauliflower ears, listen, which is gross, but... She's still intact. She was a star. Her success was unprecedented. You feel what I'm saying? She came in. She was arrogant as all get out. She was like, oh, nobody can beat me. She was running things from 2002 to 2015. But then Holly Holmes laid that hammer on her. She had hands. Holly hands Holmes. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't her hand. It was that shin bone. Remember that meme? Like, that's the thing. Was it? I thought she she just got, like, three-pieced or something. Nah. Ronda Rousey will forever be immortalized in the memes that came after the fight. Yes, she when lost. she was like knocked like out. she like all those things are the, that would be the last thing we remember about her. So like putting her in the Hall of Fame, which don't get me wrong, she deserves it. Like I ain't trying to take nothing away from her, but it's like the idea of it is kind of like, damn. But you was you, like, yeah, yeah, you got your ass kicked by somebody who wasn't even that good. 
You know what I'm saying? I think she was good. She got. She huh? lost the very next fight. Yeah, she lost I, that very. She, so she was like the winner for one fight. She lost the Holly lost. I mean, that, that happens very, though. Uh, it happens, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, you were taken down by like, I don't I, know. I think a, I think in in the UFC, Ronda Rousey defined what it was to be a female fighter. I she, get that. she put it. She took it to the next level, but it's still fair game with everybody else. So yeah. So Holly won one and she lost one, which. I mean, to be fair, that's how it should be. Like, there shouldn't sure. be a dominant fighter just beating the shit sure, out of everyone. Sure, but that's what was happening with with, with uh, yeah. She with had that Ronda. little arm bar. That, absolutely. You yeah. know what the funny thing is? She she just said in the interview that you know, um, my mom pretty much you know told me never to like fall in love with losing or some shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't know how it feels. And I think that the moral of the story is we got to stop giving our children participation trophies, right? Because everybody feels entitled to like this idea of winning. Like, let your kids lose. Let them know the feeling of a devastating loss so that when they lose as an adult, they don't become like Ronda. Ronda Rousey said she cried for two years after that fight. Yeah. She she was never the same. Mm-hmm. She cried with her husband for two years. And now she on, like, WWE. Yeah. Like, fighting these old scripted-ass fights. It's like she's a shell of her former self, and that is what's really sad. Right. Like, normally... People, like I said, they become Hall of Famers in their like, late age, like 50, 60 years old. They can't do their sport anymore. But like you said, Ronda Rousey is 29. She is physically, like, there. Intact. Mentally and emotionally, not so much. But physically, she is still able she, to fight. But She, she wasn't, yeah. You have to know how to take an L and process that L. Right, that's what I'm and saying. And make it a learning situation where you get better and you learn where you fucked up. She just got them hands, bro. I... Personally, I think I could beat Ronda Rousey in a fight. I don't think I could beat Ronda Rousey. I'll give her them hands. She, I can't let her take me to the ground, but as long as we don't get to the ground, she's catching these hands and these do mighty you, do you shins think, do you and Do you think and that, that your hyper-masculinity is telling you that you could beat Ronda Rousey? Because no. Because you, Keith, no, I'll who beat, has never— I'll, I'll beat Floyd Mayweather, too. too okay. Because he's smaller than me. Okay. Well, look. He's smaller than me. Ronda Rousey's smaller than me. I'll give him—look, and it's not hyper-masculinity. It's okay. just— It's just ego. Because you, I believe in myself. You, Keith, who have never been trained to fight. No. Do you think that you could be a I, trained I'll fighter? Do, I'll do P90X uh, and then, like, maybe two weeks of jujitsu. I was a brown belt in Taekwondo, so I brown. do have, yeah, I was two belts from black, but then I had brown. to move. Yeah. Are, you, are you over here talking about brown belt that you had when you were, like, four? Get the no, fuck out of here, I Keith. Was, what was it, sixth grade, so, like, 12. And how old are you now, Keith? 29. That means it's built in the foundation. That that I, Taekwondo is in expired. my in my blood. No, nigga, that means it's expired. No. <laughs> it's like old milk. I'm, you try but to if I go sh- if I go back now, I'm going to be in class with little kids, and I don't have time to be you know doing you, all that. Yeah, but I think I think personally, I'll I'll give Ronda Rousey the hands. You think so? Yeah, I don't think oh, so. Yeah, I don't think so. What if, if we box? Definitely. If you box, yeah. But you, I would have boxer. to. I would have to. Do what Floyd did to Connor and bring her into my element. What's your element, Keith? Boxing. Is that your element? <laughs> Have you ever it's, boxed before? You just I said mean, you I was street a, box. You don't even. You don't I even, use street box. Boy, you don't even beatbox. You don't even beatbox. What the fuck you talking about? <laughs> talking about you street box. I growing up, we street box. We throw on some gloves. We'd fight people. I was fighting people twice my size, and I was getting these W's. Look, I got hands. I got a I got a strong right hook, and Ronda does not want that work. Ronda, if you're listening, I challenge you 
to a boxing match. Beat the fuck out of you. It's gonna be so uh, funny. I would do that. I, if I was famous, I would I would challenge people to fights like that. That's so funny. And then people would get. Uh, I'd get backlash because they're like, why'd you beat up a girl? And I'm like, no, I beat, I beat up, up my, Ronda, yeah, I beat, I beat up, up Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Rousey. <laughs> I didn't There's beat up a difference. girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, if Ronda Rousey bump into me in the grocery store, um, I'm going to be like, you know what watch where you're going. I'm going to cuss her out and I'm going to say, you lucky I don't fucking hit women, but I'm going to be scared. Of but I know bit. a nigga who do and you're going to call <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm going to come through with my boxing gloves on. Look, I don't want no pressure because I got loyal friends and they'll jump Ronda. So yeah. I don't want Ron to get jumped. That's true. Uh, and, and they from Florida, and they don't play that shit. Right. You know what else happened in Florida recently? What happened? So last year, this these uh this this guy, his name was Jamel Dunn. Mm-hmm. Um, he was drowning in a pond in Cocoa, Florida. Uh huh. And um, a group of kids, age fourteen to nineteen. This is disgusting. A group of kids from four, from the ages of fourteen to nineteen recorded and laughed as this man was drowning. They were talking shit like, oh, you going to die, you going to die. And <laughs> that's not funny, Keith, because he not. died. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not funny. That's... And I think that this the, this lack of humanity is becoming more Jesus. and more rampant as social media distances us from, like, actual reality. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, these kids had the opportunity to, instead of calling the police, they pulled out their phones and pressed Dang. record. And I think it's for that social media currency to say that I had this first, but the fact that they were, you know... No one jumped in. No, no one, one threw jumped a in, stick at like the nigga. They, the thing is, if you feel like you can't something like, fuck it, I'm not going to jump in, but I'm going to call the police because I'm sure they, you know, something could have happened. They could have tried to do something, but no, they were, like, taunting him, like, ah, you're going to die, you're going to die, and it's fucked up. So his family was trying to, like, you know, get, like, people to, like, arrest these kids, you know what I mean? But... yeah. You know, unfortunately, there's no law in Florida that requires a person to provide emergency assistance, and so they don't they won't face any charges. Wasn't but, that song uh, "I Can Feel It in the Air" tonight about a guy drowning and him just watching it? Yeah, but you know, that don't make it right. Shit, you know why? You, they just, people, people say Flor, Floridians are bad, but I think it's just because we have access to public records where other states don't. Who don't? Uh, so a lot of records in states are private, so you can't access them. Oh, you mean like they can't say arrest su- records oh, or okay. shit like that? So I could go up right now, and if you give me a name, I could just look up if they've been arrested or not. And I do that with my high school friends and like just people. I'm like, I wonder what happened to Don't look up Mike, and I just like type type in Mike, and then their name pops up, and then I look. Damn, he had a DUI in uh, 2011. That's why I haven't heard from him. Yo, dozy ass. <laughs> I'd be all, if you're from Florida, just know that um, I've typed your name in this <laughs> checkpeople.com slash Florida public records. <laughs> yeah, that's why our, uh, our, that's why people are like, Florida man. No, did but I this. think that, I think that this particular situation, it speaks to more of the generation of, yeah. like, these younger people, because they're not millennials. These aren't no. millennials. These are the people after millennials right. who are, like, they just don't they care. They think everything is a, no, they think everything is a fucking video game. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, you think, th- like, how could you have that much disregard for human life to sit there and laugh at somebody trying to, like, survive they're struggling for their life yeah. and i don't give me like an article that i read it was like oh they admit to being high and that's why they were acting like that and, and I, it's like that ain't no really excuse because 
I done been high before. Yeah. And I seen some shit that, that will blow my high. And watching somebody die will definitely blow my high. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But most people haven't seen someone die before. So the reaction, it, it's like... Uh, but even seeing somebody drown is the worst thing, that's man. That's true. Like, to watch somebody drown... It's not like you see somebody get shot because that's immediately over. Like, they get shot, lifeless body hits the ground, boom, over. Right. But to watch somebody drown, like, fighting for their lives, like, there, it wasn't like he just went under. They were like, oh, you're going to die because you've been under there for too long. It's like, he is trying yeah, to survive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, they and like, then you get to see their panic. Ex- absolutely. And how they're, that how would be panic. so devastating to me. Like, how could you just yeah, record those- that? And then these motherfuckers put it on YouTube. It wasn't like they recorded it and it was like, whatever, whatever. That's an extra step that you have to take to, I, to put that shit on YouTube. It wasn't like it was on Instagram that you could just been filming from Instagram and just post it. No. You had to take your footage. Yeah, and I, then go to um YouTube and, and then, then upload, upload that bitch to YouTube. That's a fifteen minute process, exactly. And so, <laughs> you, so, it's, so you wasn't high that whole time. No, I think I think what happened uh, was the person who recorded it sent it, and it got to somebody who wasn't there, so who didn't have the emotional attachment. And that person probably that could that could have been because I doubt the person was like, "Oh shit, I got this, I got this heat," and then he ran home and posted it. Yeah, I think it just got sent around like, "Oh, do you have that video?" But is you know that, what's funny? This is why this is why you can't fight. This is why people are shooting each other right now. These young kids, they killing each other. Yeah, they don't nobody have regard to wants life. nobody wants to be the girl who got slapped in the face by Sharkeisha. Mm-hmm. Because that shit is in the fucking yeah. annals of social media and you don't forever. Wanna, you don't want to be that. You don't want that L. That, that is social a, media oh L. Oh my God. You but I feel like it only lasts two weeks. Okay, but I only all, remember Sharkeisha. I don't remember the girl that she uh slept. True. Yeah. Because the only thing you heard was Shakisha, no. no. <laughs> but if they would have said that girl's name, you would have been saying that other girl's name. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, get it's up. like the thing about that is that even though you may not talk about it for two weeks, if that girl ever was trying to like be something like, oh bitch, don't get too big for your britches because remember this. You know what I mean? It's easily Googleable. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what's wrong. Like Listen, I ain't trying to be like these old people, like, oh, social media is ruining the fabric of America. I'm just saying that it's ruining the fabric of America, yeah. and I'm old. So, Did you, uh, I, I looked up this uh, this person who I saw uh, uprooted this politician in New York. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Casio cortez mm-hmm. She's a Bernie girl. Grassroot <laughs> movement. Uh, her name is Alexandria Casio cortez mm-hmm. Young. I, she's a 28-year-old Democrat. She's a socialist. Uh, I like what she's doing. I, I think uh, you always tell me why I should vote. Yeah. And I saw her, and I was like, she gave me hope. And she, why did she give you hope, Keith? Because uh, she's upset the, 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 the incumbent? Is that what it is? I, I think she, she started correctly. I mean, I'm so used to the machine telling me what I should vote for and what mm-hmm. I should do, mm-hmm. who I should like and listen to. And the way to beat the machine, and this was uh, along the lines of what Obama did as well, he learned how to beat the machine, and he became the machine. And I felt like uh, Alexandria did that, and she's fighting for the people out in New York, and I thought that was dope. Um, man, I I followed her on Instagram, so I, I'm excited for what she's doing. So right now she's just going around using her power to endorse other young folks yeah, yeah, yeah. along her uh, uh along her uh, party. So 
I think this is going to be the movement. She's one of many who are going to like make a shift in this next election. So I'm just glad I that, might. I'm glad that this this is this motivates you. I might fuck around to, and vote to even think about voting. You know right. what I'm saying? Like I appreciate that. So shout out to you, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yeah, she she moved me to to vote. I just need good people. That you getting all the juice this week? Who got you the know juice? what? Who got the juice? I'll give her the juice. I'll give her the juice because uh, there's there's two people I wanted to to recognize, all but. Right. I think she has the juice. She she posted a picture of her shoes, and they were worn down. She was like, "This was from knocking on doors. Don't think I I I uh, was given anything. I earned this shit." That's that's and good. Yeah, we she, need that. She is a voice to be uh, to heard and a person to be reckoned with. And I, I I think she's gonna be doing. She's gonna do a lot of things. She's gonna work with Bernie. Uh, she's a protege of his, so I'm excited for her. Who else you is know? getting the juice, Keith? Uh, Elaine Welteroth. Tell so us about she it. is the so I'm a I'm a big Devil Wears Prada fan. That's very I, surprising. I think it's one of the best movies. That's very surprising. It was a really good movie. Super <laughs> fucking good. I don't think any black people in that movie. So no, but it's worth watching. Okay. You got to watch it one day. Just uh, I've seen Devil Wears Prada. Okay. But did you learn from it? What? It's it's a story of becoming. It's, the thing here's the thing about Devil Wears Prada, and I don't want to take away from your old girl, but. If you went to Florida State, you could have been in that situation and you could have beasted. it. And, yeah. I, and I believe that so much. I'm she not did always beast. Talk, she did, uh-huh. but she struggled a little bit. You struggle. I, I mean, we. I feel everyone like struggles. The first, the first, uh, the first assistant that was there, mm-hmm. the um, British woman, yeah. was a Florida State uh, alumni because she was already with the bullshit. She was like, "This is what you gotta do. Fuck it. This is what you gotta do." Yeah. You know, it ain't about crying about it or, "Oh, she hurt my feelings." That's like, fuck true. that. Get it done. But go ahead with your example. Who so, give it a juice? Keith. Elaine is a Teen Vogue editor in chief. So. Devil Wars Prada was uh, based loosely off of the editor in chief of Vogue. This is the Teen Vogue editor in chief. So I start once I started uh, paying. At- I started paying attention to their politics a little bit. So I think eventually she will become uh, Vogue editor in chief okay. down the line. So um, young young black woman lives out in New York. Um, she has a super dope office. I, I follow her on Instagram too. So um, if if anyone wants to follow her, please do so. You'll you'll get inspired. But she she's the one that's been speaking uh, openly about uh, Trump's adverse policies, and she so she's using the platform of Teen Vogue to give people a voice, and I think that's dope. But recently, she was in an Uber ride, and uh, the Uber just dropped her off randomly, and, and she was like, uh, he was like, get out, and, she and like the like, middle of nowhere, it, it just not near her her destination. So she's like, so she's in the back, just like uh, Instagramming her, her, you know, her her day, her routine, which uh-huh. she often does. She's like, hey, this Uber driver's not dropping me off at this place. He, it escalates somehow, and she, he calls the cops. Here we go with this shit again. And so again, she has the phone out, and she's just posting stories, posting stories, and like she's uh, recording what's happening. Uh-huh. He calls the cops. And she's like, what are you doing? Like, she's she's literally, like, just baffled by this guy who's like, get out. I'm calling the cops on you. So he's, like, escalating this this situation out of control. And um, there's an incident where I think she's, she's near the vicinity of where the door closes. He, he tries to shut the door and ends up, like, scraping her arm. Mm. And she posted all of the videos. 
which was a weird, you know, surprising me because I'm used to her saying like, hey, today I'm getting my hair done and then I'm going to go to this photo shoot. So you're used to that. And then she's like tearing up and crying. So she said, uh, I debated long and hard whether or not I wanted to post this. But often black women are shamed into silence because of a belief that no matter what we say or do, no matter who we are, ultimately we'll just be perceived as another angry black woman. Shame. Um, and I thought that was true. And I also thought that this situation happened to the right person. And I don't want to wish bad on anybody. No, I get it. But she was the right person. Because, because if it would have happened to somebody who didn't have that platform, right. she wouldn't have been able to reach more people. And, yeah, that's good. Um, I mean, I, I like watching her. I, I, I'm watching her grow, and I think she's going to be very pivotal in, in the editorial movement in the near future. But, uh, yeah, this happened. I think she's a dope person. She has a dope job, and she's an inspiration to a lot of people. And I think that uh, she spoke out, and I thought it was a very necessary thing because there's been a lot of uh, disservice that Uber's been, uh, you know, Didn't they have out. a black CEO? I think that black CEO left, and it was like, in shambles at the right. Time. They had that weird. I've I've seen that commercial. It's like this weird dude. He's like, you know, Uber is. Da, 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 da. I don't know what he is, but he's kind of weird. I don't know if I could trust him. <laughs> you know what I I noticed a lot of people like Wells Fargo, Facebook, and Uber, especially the people who fucked up horribly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All have these commercial campaigns like, we're sorry, we're not going to do it anymore. Back to business, and people are just going to go back to business. It's weird. I don't know. It's I'm like, like y'all got to chill. They for have a to, bit. but. People aren't changing, Keith. No. You you have to do a lot for people to change their behavior. And it's like, the Wells Fargo, is what they did was unforgivable. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But no lie, I still got a Wells Fargo account. Wow, <laughs> you didn't leave, Todd? Look, they ain't do shit to me. <laughs> you got to check to make sure you don't have any empty accounts. Nah, I ain't got no empty accounts because they will not benefit from opening up some shit in my name. <laughs> That's just real. All right, but yeah, the two juices of the week, Elaine Welteroth and um, the Senator Ocasio-Cortez. She ain't win. Yeah, she won the primary, bro. Oh, the primary? She just won the primary. Oh, I thought she was in the... Nah. <laughs> she just won the primary. Oh, my God, I thought she was in office already. Nah, nah. She, she, but the thing is, she she unseated a established Democrat. That's what the, oh. the, the story is. The oh, story my old is, dumb ass. I ain't voting, again, nigga. You, you need to, I you see, know what? She was about to give me the vote. I was like, man, this is why we need the vote. One day, you she will ain't even win the yet. full article. You were one of these Facebook-ass readers <sighs> who just read the head. I am. I just read. I read the top, and I was like, "Damn, she's in office, cool." She's nah, young. nah, she ain't just in the office. primary. So she, I'm hopeful then. So yeah. I'm, you know, I might. You I, won't I'm be a, able to vote for her anyway because you don't live where no, she. No, but I'm gonna tell my people in New York to vote for her. Cool, that's what you can do. Yeah, so they'll vote on my behalf, and then I won't have to vote. Well, you got the juice, girl. Both of y'all got the juice. Both of y'all I, I'm got excited the juice. for what you guys are going to do in the future because I think y'all are dope individuals. So uh, dope. Yes. What else do we got? Oh, we got a letter. Yeah. Oh shit. We got a letter. This see, we wanted y'all to, to 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 be a part of this with us. We want y'all to join the conversation and tell us what's going on this week. On tell us why you mad. We have a a, a listener letter from what are we gonna call it. We got to make up a name for it. We want to be an anonymous. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble. I'm gonna just call her Keisha. Keisha is my default, my default uh, black girl name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if this girl is black, but this sounds like some shit. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm going to just read the letter. It says, I've been dating this guy for about two months now. We've gone out on dates, and we've taken it to the next level a few times. 
I'm gonna assume that means that they had sex. Yeah, they but smashing. Whatever. Everything is okay in that department, and I really like spending time with him. I really like him, and he says he likes me too. I've told him I'd like for us to spend more time together, and he obliged. He even I even asked him not to just get up and leave the next day after he slept over, and he's done that too. Okay, so now to the question. The last time he was over, he said I was really cool. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Does that mean, like, cool like friends with benefits, or does it mean, like, cool like friends? Like, cool makes me think that this is something that like, my guy friend would say to me, not somebody that I actually like. He's more than once emphasized that he wants to be good friends with a person before he gets into a relationship. And I'm not rushing into that either. I don't want to waste my time to just end up with another guy friend. What should I do? Should I exit this situation or should I wait and see what happens? What do you think? I think uh, I think she should take it easy and chill. She's not... She, what's, what's telling her to rush is that timeline or that biological clock that women have where you're like, I gotta have this, this, and this. Mm. We don't function off of that clock. Right. So whatever's ticking in your head, we're just like, oh man, she's cool. Finally. We're happy that you're there. But here's the thing about that, Keith. Like, I just feel like if you spending time with this girl uh-huh. and you are having sex with this girl uh-huh. and you like doing everything. She asks you to stay over. Like you spend a night and mm-hmm. then you don't you get up and y'all have I'm assuming y'all have breakfast and shit. Mm-hmm. Like it's a beautiful morning, maybe a little bit of morning sex or yeah, whatever. Like, you knock it out one more time. You gotta yeah. knock it out one more time. <laughs> <laughs> See if you left anything behind. Right. Yeah. So I, I I believe that when you get into that kind of cause what that is is an agreement. To mm-hmm. share energy. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, y'all are sharing a lot of energy. And to come at somebody and be like, oh, I think you're really cool. Like, I think that she's right to have these apprehensions to feel like, bitch, cool. But- I need to be more than just cool. I don't gave you these motherfucking cookies. You know what I'm saying? And I think that it's scary to think that, I like, she, I feel like this person doesn't want to, because she even says it, like, I don't want to end up with just another male friend. Yeah, but she's going to, because of her past situation, she's going to end up putting pressure on this guy, and it's going to force a decision that's not yet pr- ready to be made. So you said she blossom. just chill. Okay, yeah, she's she's got to let it blossom. She's looking into your cool as an ambiguous statement. Right, but here's the but thing. But look how ambiguous she is. She's like, you know, we one thing led to another, and then we have to assume sex, right? right? So... And it may not have been sexual. They just made it made nah, out. But we sex. have to. It sound like sex. She we said, have to take context. We, we've taken it to the next level a few times. <laughs> what did she like? Sound like there was. A, we we're just. Hugging. And then she says everything is okay in that department. Like he gives excellent hugs. Nah, nah. <laughs> they're just hugging. Buddy is smashing, and she like it like that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And and so don't rush the 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 thing. Let it but grow. Here's the, here's the thing though. Like I feel like I feel like. Of course, I ain't never been a woman before, but I feel like when women have sex with you, they establish, like, we're on a different level now. I just don't be having sex with everybody. And there's, like, an attachment. Right. Like, I just don't be having sex with everybody. Mm -hmm. So if we have had sex and we spend this much time together, Mm -hmm. like, I want to just be more than cool. But I understand what you're saying about, okay, just pump your brakes. And now that you feel that way, you can honestly, you know, open your eyes and be more observant and then have this conversation later. Like, if y'all only been, what she said, they've been only fucking around for two months. So it's still kind of early, you know what I mean? I appreciate you for, like, you know, being very honest about y'all, you know, situation. Thank you. Um, We really appreciate you engaging with us, listener. But I think that you should... 
allow this thing to play out. It's only uh-huh. been two months. Don't look into the ambiguity. Ambiguity. There we go. I got you. Uh, of that statement. You're cool. You're cool. That's a good thing. It's a Take good thing. Take it as a good thing. Yeah. And run with it. Keep being cool. Don't run with it. Just just understand that you're in a, a positive situation yeah. with this person and don't allow the semantics of the conversation to like have you thinking all kind of wild shit because you immediately retreated to I don't want to be this nigga friend if I want right. to you know have I've already friends. had enough <laughs> right like you immediately like went there and I think that if you were to just you know take a step back and say you know what I'm I'm not gonna put pressure on this it's only right. been two months it's not like y'all been fucking around for two years and he's like oh yeah you cool you like my dog you roll blunts yeah. well yeah, you know nah it's not that it's just. Allow it to happen. I think right. that a lot of women put pressure on a situation because you can't rush a man to do anything you nope. don't want him to do. And if the goal is a relationship, then you need to position yourself in, in a way to, like, keep the kind of ball in your court in mm-hmm. that regard. Like, I think every relationship that we kind of, like, embark on is about a power struggle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, men are trying to achieve one goal and women are trying to achieve another goal. Right. And when those forces collide, you either... You either have harmony or you have disharmony, you know? And I think that moving forward with this relationship, I think that Keisha should straight up be just just understand what you want out of the situation and tread lightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your sunglasses on. You're cool. Put your sunglasses on. Put and, on and your be, leather jacket. And be cool. And just, be cool. Just be cool. Like, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't, don't, put don't that necessarily pressure. invest any more than you already have. Into the situation, especially if you feel like you ain't trying to get that way anyway. Right. You, you said in your letter, like, you know, I ain't really trying to put that much pressure on them or nothing like that. But I also don't want to be treated like the, you know, this person, like a side chick or somebody yeah. I'm just smashing. But what may also be taking place, and I think this is on both ends, mm-hmm. if we're going to go a little deeper. Okay, come on. This is nothing for you to look into, uh, Miss Keisha, and we're <laughs> using this uh, fictitious name. She's like, my name is Amanda or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So he may, and you may be doing this as well, is taking these other people off your roster slowly but surely with, right. with right. delicacy. Absolutely. You can't just be like, all right, I'm in a relationship. You got you to gotta let people down. You got you to gotta gear Ease up. out of the situation. Yes. Right. You got to gear up for a relationship. Right. And, and if you do this suddenly, then you're going to have these little outliers interrupting your relationship, when, and that's going to affect you. Right. So... Let everything, you know, massage its way out in the, the direction that you want it to go. And it's it's okay to communicate openly. Like, hey, I don't want to rush you. Right. Um, it, I've heard this a lot, and this has scared me, too. I don't want to rush you, but I am looking for a relationship, and I do want these things. And then, I, you know, I feel like that turns a guy off. Well, what that is is basically saying, like, look, I'm letting you know my intentions and my expectations yeah. in this relationship. I don't think that that's wrong. I think that... In that situation, I've been a man, turned off from that. I understand that, yeah. but I think that a man should be able to say, "Okay, if that's what you want, then this is what I. These are my expectations." But a lot uh-huh. of men don't do that. They no. don't come back with, "Well, these are my expectations." They have the conversation. They kind of retreat in themselves, like, "Oh, this bitch trying to lock me down." And it's like, nah. If you were to come back and say, "Okay, those are your expectations. I respect those expectations." However, uh-huh. this is where I see us going right now. This is the. This is where we are right now in my head. And because men don't communicate as often as they no. should, they lead women to like assume a lot of these things. Just like right. the word cool got Keisha assuming that they just right. homies. You so, know what I'm saying? So it has to be both ways. It has to, there has to be clear communication yeah. from the girl. Yeah. Uh, and then 
massage some other, you know, to talk about other things and get him to start speaking directly about other things and then slowly start to pivot towards feelings. That sounds like manipulation, but... <laughs> all I, all of marriages is a, a manipulation. Just manipulating a man into falling into your wishes and timeline and getting him to where he wants to go and put I on a suit. I don't know if I buy that. Guys don't want to get married. Anyway. We don't want to get married. So we talk, gotta... So, so, talk, talk, so talk about, like, what do you think is the answer then? How should she? How should Keisha talk to her her guy friend, her gentleman caller? Um, I I think just see she she got fucked up by you're cool, so she's already on her back foot. Yeah. Uh, and she's gonna look into everything, and mm-hmm. everything's gonna be like, what does that mean? What does that mean? She has somehow reset. Yes. Um, and then move forward from there and then let it continue to build because she, she, she wanted a, I really like you or I love you. And I don't think she wanted I love you. I just think or that she wanted something. I don't more even think than she was cool. looking for anything. I think that she probably was like, "This was a conversation." And he was like, "You know what? You real cool. Like I fuck with you. Like you real cool." But that's I think an that endorsement. That's I, it's, it, it is an <laughs> right. Endorsement. Like I've, I've, I've like just. With women and and like with just homies, like, hey man, I fuck with you. You cool. That yeah. that that makes me happy because yeah, I don't like look said, into it. But just like you said, with homies, it's like that's a very like, it's a homie endorsement. Nah, but the the homies who've said that to me, they're still my homies to right. this day. Like, I'm cool with that. Right. But has a, a girl ever told you, you know what, Key? I fuck with you. You cool. And then y'all start dating. No, that's what that's what she's saying. She's saying like this whole idea of you're cool kind of threw her off as if you're like almost putting her in the friend zone. Yeah, it's like that's, I don't. She's I don't think she's in. That. I don't think she's in the friend zone. I think that she should tread, like you said, tread lightly. Just 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 keep it moving. Just you're like under, like collect these observations. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like. Write this shit down somewhere. Collect observations. No, because so then she, it's going to get found. And no, no, she's no. going to be like, why are you quoting me in your little composition notebook? And then she's going to be like, why are you looking through my shit? And then it's going to be a stalemate. Well, then <laughs> let it be a stalemate. Uh, have fun. Continue yes. to have fun. Have fun, girl. Uh, live your life. Um, it's it's worth. If this man want to wife you up, he will say that. Yeah. And I think that until then, you should live your life and you should live it unabashedly and not be concerned about whether or not, you know, he's trying to put you in a situation. Because if he wants to be your boyfriend or anything more than that, he will explicitly say so. And he will. Right. Be, his actions will also explicitly say so. You say this man been coming around. He's been sticking around. You've been right. asking him for more time. He's been giving you that. So that should be a sign that y'all are in an OK place. So just yeah. take that and really just try to keep learning his algorithm and let yeah. him learn yours and be open and be willing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you guys at wor- worst comes to worst. If you keep investing in yourself as and become better as two people, yeah. then you don't leave hurt. Absolutely. You leave a better person. So continue to invest in yourself and, and walk with him as, as long as you guys walk. And if it ends up down the aisle, it ends up down the aisle. If you guys end up as friends. If fr- Y'all will be friend, good yeah. friends, yeah. So uh, don't, don't look into it any more than you have to and have fun. Yeah, so so if you have any other uh, questions or if you have anything you want to add to this or you have your own tell us why you mad or anything you want clarification on, email us at theexitstrategypodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is the exit strategy podcast at gmail.com we'll be happy to decode your situation and you know have an exit strategy for you 
and your feelings. Right. You want to put people on real I quick? I do. I do okay. want to put people on. This week, and some of y'all might already be on this because shit is bomb, but if you are not privy to this television show, I would say go get somebody password from Hulu and jump on The Handmaid's Tale. It's good. The Handmaid's Tale is so dope. It, it used to be a book, and it's been, you know, fashioned into the, this wonderful uh, <laughs> television series on Hulu. And when you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of what will happen if we impeach Trump and Mike Pence becomes the president. <laughs> this is Pen- Mike Pence's America. Y'all yeah. afraid of Donald Trump America? The Handmaid's Tale is Mike Pence's America. The people trying to give you a clue down at uh, Hulu, y'all need to go watch it because I don't even want to tell you what it's about. I just want to say, trust me and go blindly into this and watch it. It's very, very intense. And to the women who are listening to this, like I think the women will have a very, very, like, I don't know. I don't want to say a connection because I don't think you would get connected to this shit. But I think that it is a very like um, provocative story, and um, it's really, really good. I say I just put you on to that because I could, I could vouch for that. It is a great movie or a great uh, series. I, I think the first episode I kind of slept on, like I fell asleep, and then I rewatched it. And I was like, oh, this is good. And it just builds from there. Two seasons, so you're not... Yeah, uh, you ain't too far You could binge watch over yeah. a weekend and, and still be good to go. Yeah. So, yeah, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, it's, Check it's, it out. It's based on a best-selling novel by Margaret Atwood. And um, basically talks about a totalitarian society where they use, like, women as handmaids to further, like, society. Because for whatever reason, I feel like in my head I interpreted it as there was some kind of, like, environmental situation where women became infertile. Mm-hmm. And so they started using these these women who were like what they considered to be lower class women, like lesbians or adulterers or any kind of sex worker, and like put them in this like caste system of women mm-hmm. and womanhood, and like made them handmade. Like the shit is so good. Like you gotta yeah. really. You know what I don't like about it is uh, white women using that as <laughs> as a as leverage of this is what oppression looks like. It's like bitch, it's a TV show. Nah, that's what oppression looks like, bro. It does, it is, but they're using it as their oppression, as in like this real is life. Yeah, but and this it's is like what will happen, y'all. Fuck around, and you keep fucking around and stop voting. And on top of that, if um, the Supreme Court justice gets in, this is they, oh, the yeah, first thing shit. they gonna do is uproot Roe versus Wade. So y'all better, y'all better watch this so you know what's good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if like, I don't vote, handmaids happens. That's exactly what you should so, think. We'll see if I move to vote after this series finale. Man, it's At, so intense, man. It's good. Yeah. We yeah. don't want to give away no no spoilers or nothing like that. All I'm just saying is go on down to Hulu, check out Handmaid's Tale. If you have a comment about it, hit us up. Let us know what you feel about that. Um, and yeah, man. What yeah. else you got, Keith? Uh, that's it. I think that's it, too. We want to thank y'all for continually supporting us. We're on iTunes now. Make sure you uh, subscribe. Give us a little bit of a rating. We're trying to grow in these streets, and we need your help. So um, you can find us in your iTunes podcast app. It's The Exit Strategy. You might find some other stuff, but that ain't us. <laughs> we got the black and yellow. Yeah, that's yeah. us. You know what I mean? So come and check us out. Um, or, or go on our Instagram page and yeah. we'll direct you there at Absolutely. the Exit Strategy Podcast. Go there. Or follow us. We we give you the way. Yeah. 
We give you all sorts of ways, but we always point you in the right direction towards the exit strategy. Living situation, Keisha. Thank you for writing in. Thanks I so much, Keisha. That. We appreciate that. If you yeah, have something yeah. like y'all, write, write with us, man. You know what I mean? Like, let us help you with your situation. That's what the the whole point is: is to give you an exit strategy about shit that's going on in your life. We want to help, so write into us. Keep listening, and we appreciate y'all so much. See y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.